and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. We are in a series entitled Defiant Joy. Uh, In the face of obstacles, there is a joy. And it's funny, um, yesterday my my son, my wife and I, we have a son named Chase, and went out, you know, like shopping, got him, you know, like um, three pair of shoes. They had this deal, buy one, get the second pair Look at this. Somebody already said half off. Y'all already know. Look at it. Already know. Half off, baby. I love some deals. But then a coupon came. It was like you can get, you know, another pair of uh, $15 off of another pair. So we're in there. We're looking. And I'm like, Chase, I'm like, don't you have another uh, one of these shoes like this? He was like, yeah. And I was like, well, why you don't wear the shoe? Why you don't wear the shoe? He was like, "Uh, well, Dad, I tried it on, and it was too small, so I just put it back in the closet, and I put on my other shoes. I can hear that as an 11-year-old, but as an adult whose money that would just got, see, I'm not looking at it as a pair of shoes. I'm looking at, bro, you just threw money back in the closet. It's just sitting there, but he doesn't know that as a child. And so I'm like, son, there in the storm, like, son, why you just didn't say it was too small so we can get you another pair that is the right size that you can wear? He's like, oh, I didn't think about it. I just put it back in the closet because we had to get to school and I didn't want to be late. So it's still in the closet. I said, look, when you get home, no, when we get home, first thing you do, go in the closet, get those pair of shoes because we're going to return them. He hadn't even worn them. So it's like, we're going to return them so you can enjoy the very thing that was purchased for you. The very thing that was purchased for him because he did not know, he's treating it as though it's, oh, yeah, I got some more shoes. I just throw that in the closet and I put on my other pair of shoes. But I'm like, Son, do you realize that was purchased for you? That is available for you. And I wonder how many of us in our relationship with God, because something didn't work out the first time or the fifth time or the hundredth time, we just throw it back in the closet. Then we go to our prayer closet. Lord Jesus, can you? He's like, it's right there. What you praying for? And in this series, it's like there are obstacles that are going to come. But in the face, in the midst of obstacles, there is still joy. Now, just because joy is present 
It doesn't mean obstacles are absent. So let's look at obstacles defined. Obstacles. It refers to someone or something that interferes with or prevents action or progress. That is an obstacle. Someone or something that is preventing progress, that is stopping you from progress, stopping me from progress. Anybody familiar with KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken? He was rejected 1,009 times before his recipe was accepted. 1,009 times recipe. That's one of those, bro, something got to be wrong with your recipe. A thou- Look at the confidence in that. You're talking about an obstacle a thousand and nine times. But he kept pursuing. He kept saying, oh, somebody going to enjoy this recipe. Right now, it's just me. But one day, it's going to become a franchise. One day, it's going to be good. One day, after the thousand and ninth time, someone is going to say no. I'm pretty sure if you could ask Colonel Sanders, if he thought it would take a thousand and nine times before someone said yes, before he started out on the journey, if he had known that beforehand, he probably would have quit. I can remember for, for us, my wife and I being married, it was like the first five years, the first five years, we don't want to get pregnant. We want to enjoy life, just go out, just have a blast. So me, when I say and we said in the agreement, we're going to do something, I'm like, what's the strategy? What's the action plan? We already got to go, but I, I need some follow through, need some details. So I kind of noticed my wife, she was in agreement, but it was just a little slacking, you know, just a little slacking. So, you know, we have the iPhones and, you know, you have on there where it has, you can set an alarm. So I set an alarm, 9 p.m. B.C. So with this, we're out, a couple of friends hanging out. It's a couple of months later and, you know, we're used to the alarm, 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock, all right? So this night, we're out hanging with some friends, and we thought we were going to be home before 9 o'clock. But lo and behold, 9 o'clock hits, and we're there. Like I said, I need detailed strategic strategy, follow-through intention. 9 o'clock hits. B.C., I said, babe, B.C., they in there like, B.C., like, man, B.C., what, what B.C.? B.C.? I said, bro, birth control. Said intentional, babe. I said, I need some joy these next five years. Just my wife and I. Intentional. Intentional. And so with that, you know, five years. And so now, you know, fast forward, it's after five years, basically, she's now pregnant. And so we're excited. We're telling everyone. And it's like, woohoo, yeah. 
Christmas countdown, baby. And, you know, we're so excited. So we get this outfit, this onesie, and we place it on our dresser. And so we wake up, we walk by the dresser, we see the onesie. You know, we're going through the names and all. And so he's like, yeah, Chase, you know, Chase is going to be his name. You know, I wanted a Robert the third, but, you know, I didn't want to call him Trey. I was like, hmm, Robert. And so it's like, yeah, we'll just stick with Chase. And so lo and behold, we get to the hospital and everything is going good. We're just like, yes. And all of a sudden, the doctor tells us a word we have never heard of, a topic. It's like, a topic? What in the world is that? There's an atopic pregnancy. So, short story, miscarriage. So we're there with all of this excitement, all of this joy, but in this moment, it literally left the room because it was not our expectation for ectopic pregnancy. There was an expectation for good news because we were expecting a birth. We were expecting life. But in that moment, death was spoken to us. That moment, death was revealed to us. And so here... We hear this news and it's like, wow, we have to go into this other room. And it's like, man, how in the world did we get here? You know, for me, I'm on, you know, still on Word of Life staff. And for me, I'm looking inward now. Because there's pain. And I'm asking myself the question, like, how did we get here? Like, What am I going to say to people even in church that knew we were pregnant? Now they're going to come. Ooh, count down. The baby's on the way. And we have to turn and say, hey, we're not going to have a baby. I'm asking myself, are you a man of faith? How can you be on a church staff? And this happens. I'm doubting myself. I don't believe in myself because of something that happened that we did not expect. And in that moment, I began to ask the doctor questions. I began to just do a little research. I began to, you know, look at my wife and, you know, we're in that moment together. I'm trying to hold her up, trying to encourage her. This is something we have never, ever been through. You talking about an obstacle literally staring us in front of our face. And I'm like, okay, how do we navigate through this? What do we do? Like, Lord, you got to help me. Like, this is not the expectation that we had. And of course, I was reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. They'll put it up on the screens in uh, the NIV. And I'm just going to read it here from my Bible. It says, we, well, I'll start with with verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient 
to Christ. We demolish arguments and every potential that pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought. Everyone say every thought. We take captive every thought. So in this moment, so many thoughts are going on in our mind. You know, sometimes crisis can expose us to the capacity that we already possess that we didn't know we had. God is like that has been in you all alone. There is more in you than you know. Did you know that there's more in you than you know? There's more in you than you know. When pain comes, do we ask God questions such as, why didn't you come through? Where were you? Why didn't you tell me or show me? We must always go back to the truth of God's character. So in that moment, we're in the hospital room. There are so many thoughts that's going through our mind. So many questions. Why? How could it? The obstacle is literally like laughing in our face this moment. And it's like, what happened? Did we do something? Did we? And I'm asking the doctor, like, how could this be? It was like one minute it was this and it's like, boom, it's like no warning. No, it's like you got to be kidding me. So in that moment, we, my wife and I, had to go back to the character of God. How we are emotionally, that's the condition of our heart. In that moment, emotions all through the roof. So much hurt, so much pain. But even in that moment, it's like, what do you do? What do you say? How do you respond? How do you react? What do you say? I'll tell you what we did. But first, let me share something with you. We have heard of setting financial goals. We have heard of setting spiritual goals, even health goals. Oh, but did you know with even the health goals, there are obstacles? You know, I can't remember when I wanted to, you know, be slim and trim, get down, you know, lose. I'm like, man, anybody remember? Hold up right quick. Anybody remember country fisherman on Highway 8? Look, hallelujah. I see some face like, yeah. We would be on Highway 18. I'm talking about y'all country fishermen knew us so well when we walked up. Oh, there go the berries. There go the berries. We got to know the owners so well. And, you know, when there's a buffet. We eat a buffet. Back then, buffet, $9.99. My mentality, shoot, man, that's a lot of money. I'm going to eat all I can eat. One plate alone was the catfish filet. Then I had another plate of greens, corn, rolls. Okay, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. See, some of y'all ready to leave already. I got to finish my sermon before you go. <laughs> so lo and behold, I'm like, man, I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating. But I realized months later, it's like, man, I want this health goal. I want to lose. But I did not realize the obstacle. I'm going to have to stop going to country fishing. 
I don't want to stop going country fishing, man. Hot sauce, ketchup, on that catfish. Ooh. It was an obstacle. But it was like, it's not that you can't go. You just can't eat five plates. You just can't have five plates. Telling me I can't have five plates, I might as well not even go to country fishing. <laughs> but I realized, hey, obstacle, I'm going to have to limit my plates. So health goals, financial goals, spiritual goals. I'm sure y'all have all written maybe something down in that category. But a question I have for you, how many of us, how many of you have set, ever set emotional goals? How do you set an emotional goal? Here we go. I'll put it up on the screen. Two questions. What are the dominant emotions I want to live with by the end of this year? What are the emotions I want to avoid? You ever find yourself getting angry, frustrated, upset? discouraged? Have you ever looked at like, man, why am I always angry? Why am I always upset? Have you ever taken the time like, man, I want more joy. I want more peace. Man, I want to be more loving. Man, I, I want to be happy. Well, it's like, okay, yes, that's a goal, but what's the strategy to be happy? Not only that, what are some obstacles that can move you away from your joy. Coworker. <laughs> Neighbor. Classmate. I'm going to stop there. I ain't going to meddle no more. But I just want to give some real example. Think about it. What, what causes you to be frustrated? You at a restaurant. You already know it's crowded just by looking at the parking lot. But when you get in the restaurant, you expect to be at a table in five minutes. Come on, y'all. It's crowded. You're not going to be at the table in five. So don't go with the expectation like, man, wait a minute. It's taking too long. Then you get to the table. The waiter or the waitress is taking long. All right. Now they keep on. They're going to be messing with their tip. How can we set emotional goals that where we're actually living out those emotional goals each and every day of our lives? Set emotional goals. The next one, live with margin. You and I, we have to have space in our heart. Y'all can remember, I'm pretty sure you do, especially I see a couple of uh, teenagers in here, but notebook paper. There's margin. And you know when you get outside the margin, there's that line. Living with space in our heart. Remember when you were a kid, you know, you draw where you thought you was drawing, but actually it was scribble scrabble. And you think it's an art, but it's just scribbling, scrabbling all over the paper. Some of us, our emotions, that's literally what's in our heart, scribble scrabble. We're going through so many things that we're still dealing with two years ago, four years ago. And there's so much scribble scrabble in our in our heart. And we need to remove that. How do we remove that scribble scrabble? Legible words that when read 
you and I can see the greatness on the inside of us. What do I mean by that? When was the last time you read your vision for your life? When was the last time you heard your voice reading your vision for your life, your goals for your life? Because isn't it true at times, obstacles can be speaking so loud Obstacles are now our vision. That's why we're angry. That's why we're frustrated. That's why we're unforgiving. That's why we're not loving because we're rehearsing the situation, the problem, and now we're living it out. So setting emotional goals. Do you want peace? Do you want joy? Do you want to be more loving, more kind? patient so for us patience we already know one thing that we love to do Friday night it's our time man we stay up late one two o'clock in the morning watching movies having fun playing uno phase 10 just family time but we know no matter what time we go to bed our children gonna get up at 6 30 we can't get frustrated with that because we're still in the bed. Oh, man, get in there. You fix your own grits. You know how to fix them. Fix your own grits. But it's like we got to realize, hey, we're doing this Friday. It's so much fun now. But, hey, Saturday morning is coming. We can't get frustrated with Chase and Kyla because they're going to want to get up at 630 and do it all over again in the morning. So now we have to realize, okay, hey, let's set this emotional goal. Let's, let's talk right now. We already know we're going to go to bed at 1 or 2 o'clock. But do we need to move it to 11 p.m. versus 1 a.m.? At least give us two more hours of rest. So it's like, you know what? Now nah, we're going to keep the 1 a.m., 2 a.m., babe. We're having too much fun. But we are going to have to adjust our Mindset. We're going to have to adjust and realize, hey, they're going to get up at 6.30 in the morning. Let's spend time. Let's have fun with them. Set emotional goals. Have that margin in your heart. So when things do come up, because they're going to come up, that's life. They're going to come up. You have a space in your heart to now take time to pause and be like, okay, how do I need to respond? Which way do I need to move? Instead of allowing the situation to move you, you move the situation because you have space in your heart because you have set emotional goals. So going back to the room, there we are asking questions. And I asked the doc, I said, hey, doc, I heard all what you said, but I just got one question. When can we get pregnant again? She said, oh, in three months, <laughs> see you in three months. That was my thing. See you in three months. And it was, uh, it was years ago. We was on Highway 18. But in that moment, I was reminded of a sermon that I heard that Pastor Joel uh, did. It was called Bounce Back. Y'all remember the bouncy balls? Y'all probably remember Jax. You know, that's how young I am, Jax. Uh, playing Jax. But the bouncy ball is like you bounce it. And depending on the amount of force that you throw um, toward the ground with the ball, it'll bounce as high as it can. 
And he had titled the sermon, Bounce Back. So when we got home, man, I got that bouncy ball. And I'm just walking around the house. I'm bouncing. I was like, man, doctor said in three months, baby. Three months, baby. Hey, we coming back. Hey, we're going to have our son chase. Three months, I'm walking around. I got my worship music on. You know, Kim has her worship music on. Sometimes we're crying, y'all. Sometimes we cut the worship music off. It's like, man, we don't want to hear no worship music. Man, Chase should have been here, man. And as I up, 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 come back, got that margin in our heart. What? Emotional goals. Hey, we're going to be happy. We're going to have a son. So bouncing it, man. We're bouncing that ball, bouncing that ball, bouncing that ball. Even with the uh, onesie, I would take it off the dresser and I would put it on my arm. And I would act as though Chase was actually in my arm, but it was just a onesie outfit. Nobody in it. It's just a onesie outfit, and I'm walking around. Yes, yes, man. I'm like, yes. I made a necklace chase. So now I'm into running. I, back then I was running 5K, so I made a necklace. And so uh, I put Chase's name around the necklace. So I'm running 5Ks. So even in the middle of this uh, obstacle that we were faced with, I'm still expecting, man, three months, count down. I'm running three months, three months, 3.1 miles. And so it's like the ectopic pregnancy happened two days before Kim's 29th birthday. The miscarriage happened two days before the 29th birthday. So now we get pregnant. Chase is born two days after her 30th birthday. So it's like, wait a minute, two days before, two days after. Now, Chase, he's serving in kids' life, running the sound board. But none of that ever would have happened if we had made a decision to sit down in the obstacle. None of that would have happened if we had made a decision to choose joy. Was it hard? Yes. But because we kept looking at the very words of God, because we kept looking at an outfit that didn't have a body in it, but we knew one day it would have a body in it. Even though there was a necklace around my neck with my son's name, even though I couldn't see what he looked like. But at the same time, we made a decision choose joy, to choose life. Y'all remember growing up, maybe some of you now, when someone was in your face and you told, you better get out of my face. That's literally what you and I have to say to our obstacles. And that's what we did in that hospital room. That's what we're saying. You better get out of my face. It was laughing, ectopic. You better get out of my face. No, we're going to have a son. We're going to have a child. Because God says so, and we're in agreement. Was there pain? Yes. But in the middle of that pain, we had to go back to God's character. Do you know God's character? Do you know God's character so much that even when death is standing in front of you, you can still see life and speak life? You still know that where death comes from, and you don't put death on God, saying that God made this situation happen? Or God brought this situation, but you can actually speak life because you know, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But God has come to give you life and life and life and life more abundantly. But we have to stand up and speak life. We have to stand up and see life. 
We have to stand up and even read life, even in the middle of obstacles, that we read life, we read our own words, we don't rehearse the obstacle, we don't rehearse the situation, but we rehearse what God is saying. And I know for, for some of you, you have faced some situations there where it looks like, man, this is the end. This is it. This is over. Everybody do a favor for me. Inhale. Exhale. Do it one more time. Inhale. Exhale. There's still more in you. Have you faced that situation? Have you faced that obstacle? Inhale. Exhale. There's still life in you. There's still more that you can do. Did it cause you pain? Inhale. Exhale. But you're still breathing. You're still here. So last thing I'll say as I close, will your obstacle serve you or will you allow joy to serve you? Obstacles are going to come. Situations, they're going to come. I like this um, statement. One of our serve team uh, members, uh, Rebecca, she sent it. Oh, I was like, ooh, I She said, obstacles don't have to be absent in order for joy to be present. Obstacles don't have to be absent in order for joy to be present. I'm pretty sure y'all probably seen on TV, heard about races where there are literally obstacle courses on the race, on the, babe, what's that one we used to watch? Y'all might know it too. The, uh, you know, where they run and they got to hit the buzzer at the very end. Yay, Ninja Warrior. Look at y'all. What? They helping me out. See, y'all didn't know y'all could preach, did it? Look at that. Ninja Warrior. So many obstacles on that course, but guess what? At the end, there's a button for you to hit. There's an expectation for you to get to the end. Even though there are many obstacles before that button, there's still an expectation for you to get to the end. And everyone that starts out on that course, they know that there are obstacles ahead. Some of them, even before they actually get on the TV show, they show a backstory of them training, of them getting ready. What are they doing? Yes, there are physical goals, but it's also emotional goals. That as they're working out and as they're pulling themselves up, they're saying, hey, man, I got to get better. Hey, I can do this. I can do this. Ooh, I got to get stronger here. Ooh, I'm a little weak here, but I can get stronger here. But they're practicing knowing that there are obstacles ahead. And even though they know obstacles are ahead, they wake up each and every morning setting up to get out on a course that even though they know there is an opportunity that they may fail, but they still make a decision to get up and say, I will not quit. I will prepare 
myself. Even though there is an obstacle, I can overcome this obstacle. And as I face the obstacles in training, when I face them in real life, even though I may fail on that obstacle course on the TV show, it doesn't make me quit. It doesn't make me give up on my other dreams and desires. So I ask the question to you. We know that when we wake up, there are going to be obstacles. We're going to be faced with things. But just because we're faced with those things doesn't mean we have to allow them to stay in our face. So what we do when those obstacles come, we remind ourselves of our emotional goals. We remind ourselves of our dreams. We remind ourselves of the character of God. We remind ourselves that God is for me. So greater is he that is in me, for me, with me, is greater than any obstacle or any situation that is in this world. Even though I may fail one time, even though I may fail five times, even though I may fail 20 times, God God is with me. I will be bold. I will be strong. I will be courageous. I won't quit. I won't give up. I choose joy. And what I love about it, God is saying, I'm with you. Is there pain? Yes, but I'm with you. He knows pain. He knows hurt. But even for him in the middle of his pain and in the middle of his hurt, he made a decision. And that's what I want us to do today, that even in the middle of your pain and even in the middle of your hurt, what are you setting before you? Jesus literally set joy before him, even in the midst of his pain, even in the midst of people laughing at him and mocking him. He set joy before him. He set your face. He set your children. He set your destiny. He set your life. And out of that, he made a decision to stay committed. He made a decision to stay surrendered to the plan of God. So my question to you today is the one that we serve. He's not a quitter. The one that we serve is the giver of life. So guess what? The giver of life is on the inside of you. Guess what? Winner, victorious, triumphant is on the inside of you. Make a decision today. Set joy before you. Set your dreams before you. Set your visions before you. And when those obstacles come, you just say, get out of my face. You don't belong here. Did it happen? Yes. But get out of my face. This is not my life. Get out of my face. This is not my dream. Get out of my face. You don't belong here. Did you happen to me? Yes. But I would not hold on to you. I will hold on to my vision. I will hold on to my dreams. I will hold on to my life. There is joy. There is more. God, I live for you. Jesus, you set the example. You set joy before you. So now this day, I choose to set joy before me, even in the middle of obstacles, even in the middle of pain. I choose joy. I choose joy. Come on, inhale. Exhale. Yeah, there's more in you. There's more in you. There's more in you. There's more in you. 
So let's make a decision. We will not allow our obstacles to serve us, but we will allow joy to serve us. Let's bow our heads. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your words. Just thank you for the opportunity to remind ourselves that you are good. That even in the middle of obstacles, you are good to me. So in the morning when I wake up, I say you are good. Even in the middle of the day, I say that you are good. Even in the middle of words that comes that I did not expect for the day that hurts that bring pain even sometimes in the loss of a family member of a friend father there is still joy does it hurt yes the loss of someone or something a job or seeing a child go in a different way than that one may desire, but Father, there is still an option to choose. And so, Father, I pray for everyone that that is their option, that they will make a decision to choose joy. They will make a decision to look at your character. And out of knowing your character, they can place faith in you. And from that place, joy comes. From that place, joy is established because you are the foundation and you are the one that they're looking to. So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that arrest comes upon their minds, that arrest comes upon their bodies, that arrest comes upon their ears and eyes. That, Father, that they will be set free from the things of the past that have hurt them, that have wounded them, the obstacles that at one time held them back. But, Father, that they make a decision today to move forward in the things of you because there's more in them, there's greater in them. So, Father, I thank you that you're opening their eyes to see the greater. I thank you that you're opening their ears to hear the greater. And I thank you that you are opening up their mouths, that they can speak the greatness out of their mouths that is on the inside of them. In Jesus' name. So Lord, I thank you that today is the day that we're all making the decision, even in the middle of obstacles, to choose joy. To choose joy. To choose joy. If that's you this morning, you say, hey, I make the decision to choose joy. No more will I allow obstacles or situations to hold me back. Is that you this morning? Just lift up a hand and say, I make a decision to choose 
joy. I make a decision to choose joy. Father, you see those hands. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you that your very life comes into them in Jesus' name like never before. I thank you that the visions and the dreams that you have given them, Father, those visions and dreams will begin to have their birthplace. Father, that you will begin to speak life. They will begin to speak life. They will begin to see life in the dreams and the desires that they have that you have shown them in Jesus name. Father, I thank you that they're moving quickly and speedily because it's by your spirit that you're lifting them up and causing them to stand in high places. You're lifting them up and causing their eyes to see those things that you have placed before them. No, no, don't lie dormant anymore, but oh, stand up and call out and speak life. That even when you stand in the mirror, speak life unto yourself. Even when you see yourself in the mirror, say, I have the very life of God on the inside of me. God is in me, so therefore, there is life. There is more. And in Jesus' name, I will live out the plan of God that is in me. So rise up, daughter. Rise up, son. For there's more in you. There's greater in you. There's joy in you. No more being held back, but running free in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for that. They're free to run. They're free to see. They're free to speak out the plans. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that as they begin to write, they'll come back to those places of the times that they read the words that you've spoken into their hearts. And they'll be able to mark the date that when it came into manifestation. So, Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. 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 We thank you for it. Come on, let's go ahead and stand to our feet.